0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Miami Dolphins fans? Welcome to another episode of Power to the Pod here on Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Today is Tuesday, February 9th, and it's your show. Power to the Pod is our mailbag topics brought to the table by you, questions, Mock drafts, I see somebody in the iTunes reviews left a mock draft. You monster, I love it. We're going to dive into that today as well. So we got iTunes reviews, Twitter questions, a whole slew of them to go through. Uh, That is the crux of today's show, is whatever you want to talk about, you're asking the questions, you're bringing the topics, and I'm just reacting to what is on your minds as Miami Dolphins fans. Host Kyle Krabs, director scouting of thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire got my hands at a couple different projects and it's really great time of year to have my hands in the draft realm because uh kind of gets us into not just understanding what the Dolphins needs are but understanding the landscape of the draft order and uh what spots are threats to have runs at what positions and uh I think that's where I would like to start here, coming off the heels of uh, Super Bowl 55 in which Tampa Bay just completely demolished Kansas City. Uh, this is not a Twitter question. This is not an iTunes review question. It might be in here. I didn't get a chance to to pour through uh, anything that may have trickled in since I collected the list of what I was going to talk about today. But I know for a fact, damn well for a fact, that everybody wanted to talk about Penny Sewell yesterday on the Twitter timeline, and they pointed to Super Bowl 55. And they said, look at Patrick Mahomes. All-world quarterback, best in the league, made to look human by an offensive line that could not protect him. And I think you could walk away from Super Bowl 55, in my opinion, and regardless of what your opinion was for what the Dolphins should do, you could point to either side of the fence and make the case. Uh, but the case for A Sewell has never been more prominent uh, than what it is right now in Patrick Mahomes averaging 3.4 seconds from snap to release. Next-gen Stats would tell you uh, that's bad, that's holding onto the ball too long, but then you turn on the tape, and he is literally running for his life. Every play. Because Kansas City had a bunch of backups in makeshift offensive line, uh, Dolphins fans know all too well about that. Unfortunately, because you know, let's think back to 2018 and how ugly that offensive line got in stretches. If you can't block, you're not going to be able to get anything done. So the case for, you know, do you prioritize weapons for Tua Tonga Veloa? Do you prioritize protection for Tua Tonga Veloa? Uh, I guarantee you that the Chiefs went out and they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 32 last year. They're going to draft an offensive lineman this year. Just watch. They will. So uh, for the Dolphins, they just have to ask themselves, where are we going to get the better secondary option later down the road? And maybe, and I haven't really done a whole lot of this, uh, because I think the Dolphins are going to be more prone uh, if they keep their draft picks, if they stay true to the course, I would tend to believe that the Dolphins would not trade day two capital to move up in round one. Um, that price would have to be very friendly. You know, if, if you wanted to draft Penny Sewell at three and then come back and try and get like the third of the big three wide receivers, I don't know how high up you're going to get. I mean, I, I, you're probably going to have to get in front of the Giants. So, you'd have to go from 18 to 10 or higher. What is that going to cost? A pretty penny. So, thankfully, free agency comes in front of this decision at three for the Dolphins, which really feels like where the draft will start is at number three this year. Uh, But we did get some other news from Barry Jackson as it pertains to the offensive line. Uh, Barry Jackson put out a piece yesterday. Uh, highlighting some free agents to be, uh, including center Ted Karras. Ted Karras, of course, came to Miami from New England on a one-year prove-it deal in 2020, took a little bit less money to come and start and try and prove himself. Uh, Here's what Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald had to say uh, about the situation with Ted Karras. The Dolphins have conveyed to Karras, an impending free agent, that they would like him back next season according to a team source. The sense here is that if Karras is willing to take a deal along the lines of what he played for last season, approximately $3 million, he has a very good chance of returning to the Dolphins. Perhaps Miami can find a way to give him more money. It's also certainly possible that another team would outbid the Dolphins. I think this is interesting. Bringing Ted back. I I like Ted. I think Ted's a a really smart dude. Uh, He's fairly mobile for a center of his stature. He's not a rock star. He's not going to be like... An all-pro center ever, uh, but he's really smart. Uh, His communication skills, his ability to identify assignments. I thought he was the the most consistent offensive lineman for the Dolphins from start to finish last year. The full 16-game sample size. Ted Karras is your your best offensive lineman for 16 games. Your peaks with Robert Hunt at the end of the year were higher, but Robert didn't start the first half of the season, so Teddy played 16 games, full-time starter. Teddy's the best little one we got. If you're bringing him back at a price point of $3 million per, I also don't think that precludes you from drafting a center anyway, to be completely honest. I mean, $3 million is very price-friendly. Shaquem Grant's getting like 4 and a half, right? Like right? $3 million um, is a really ambitious, in my mind, uh, price point to get Teddy, and if you can get Teddy for that, it's a no-brainer. I think you bring Teddy back. I don't think you take drafting center off the table. But I think you'd feel comfortable with Teddy being the starting center. I think the guard play, you know, that what you would do from here is if you re-sign Teddy. In my mind, you have two m- most realistic options. You're probably not going to force a center to be the pick, but you're either going to draft an offensive tackle early, play musical chairs with your tackles, and potentially move Robert Hunt inside to guard, move Solomon Kinley to left guard. Get Eric Flowers out of the lineup. Or, alternatively, you're just going to draft a guard to replace Eric Flowers. And you're going to leave the two tackles as Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt. I like, I know that's a question I know for a fact I have in the queue for Power to the Pod. I like Robert Hunt's potential at offensive tackle. I would really rather prefer to see him stay there and win the edge for Miami I understand in pass protection, uh, he's raw. He's not the most fluid, but for his stature, I think he gets the job done. I think he's got tackle ability. I would like to see him stay there if he can. But it's all about the best combination of five. And how do you get there? Is it drafting uh, a right tackle? like Jalen Mayfield at 18 or Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State at 18? Alex Leatherwood, who did not have a good experience in Mobile as just a tackle. He played exclusively tackle, did not look good. He's played guard and tackle. He's played on the right side and the left side. You know, you could put him at right tackle feasibly. I wouldn't, but that would be like a round two option at tackle. Is Christian Darisaw going to be there at 18 from Virginia Tech? Do you do Pene Sewell at three? It's kind of it it's hard to get clarity because there are so many options, but it's nice to have this many options. And you know you've got three young players. My biggest challenge with Pene Sewell, and I know this is another question from Power to the Pod, so we're we're doing the segment before the segment <laughs> is I don't know if I would draft Pene Sewell and move him to right tackle just for the sake of playing him on the blind side. If he's a natural left tackle and I understand there was some videos going around on the timeline yesterday of him like coming out of high school playing in a right-handed stance, I get it. But if you're a left tackle, like I would rather leave you where you win the most. If you're a high-end like top 5 pick, I don't want to turn you into a project. I don't want to have to retrain your muscle memory to get you to execute on the other side of the line. Would the Dolphins do that? I'm not going to take it off the realm of possibility, but it would just be my preference that I would rather play because you need two good tackles anyway. I'd rather Penny Sewell and left tackle if that was the decision that they chose to make in the draft. I don't know what happens to Austin Jackson. You can try and make Austin Jackson. You took it 18. like That's not a great option either to make him a project. Do you try and move on from Austin Jackson? I know we, we mentioned this a little bit yesterday on the show. Having the options is good, and Teddy Karras coming back at a $3 million price point, really opens the door uh, for that to happen. There is only one place that has you covered, and one place that we trust for all of your sports gambling betonline.ag. Sign up today for free content at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and do not forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Speaking of BetOnline, fun fact about BetOnline, uh, the Super Bowl odds for 2022 are out Super Bowl 56. Dolphins tied for 10th best odds in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts, Dallas Cowboys on betonline.ag. The only teams in the AFC uh, with better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Dolphins, according to the Futures right now on betonline.ag for next year. Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns. Four teams in front of the Dolphins. Some respect. It's nice. It's a nice breath of fresh air, especially after the NFL Honors, the joke of an NFL Honors that we had this past weekend. Let's get into some questions here on the show. First one comes from Cody, and he's pissed. (laughs) You're unbelievable, not in a good way. Going for Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, the guy that has tortured our fan base for the last 20 years... I hope that is just a joke because you said it on a Dolphins podcast. Wow, unreal. I will still give you five stars because I normally like the show and hope you just think you're a funny guy. Um, to be fair to Miami, Miami has kind of been the thorn and Tom Brady side for 20 years with New England. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sitting here and I feel pretty good about you know, all these graphics that are coming out early this week that has Tom Brady has more Super Bowl championships than every other franchise in the league. And, like, New England's now, like, an also-ran. They're thrown in there with six. That Tom got six of his seven with New England. It definitely waters down the Patriots' dynasty and Bill Belichick's legacy. And I'm okay with that. Uh, John in Shenley Park. Senior Bowl deals over drinks, question mark. Five stars. Kyle, been a fan since day one. Congrats on the baby. Thank you. My question is, given the Panthers show of hand and wanting to upgrade the, at quarterback, do you think all those late nights over drinks at the hotel between Rule, Fitterer, Flo, and Greer might have already resulted in a certain understanding of trade partner scenarios come April? John from Shanley Park. I definitely think these conversations have been accelerated this year because the Combine is a medical event and it is Zoom interviews, right? So it's like... It, having gone to the NFL combine for the past five years, you go out there, everybody who works for the teams walks across the skyway and goes into the stadium and you watch practice or you watch the testing at the stadium. And then you go out and have dinner and everybody gets loose over drinks and blows off some steam. And like they talk business and hypotheticals and like, they're not going to have that this year. So mobile, absolutely and the Dolphins brought as big of a conglomerate as of any team in recent memory to the senior bowl they brought a ton of people Uh, so I can guarantee you that these conversations have at least been started I don't know about like handshake deal we gotta let it play out and then I'm gonna call you up and we're gonna know exactly what the call is for and we're gonna push play and be done with it but these conversations have absolutely taken place the keys man is back glowing review from last week with a (laughs) two-star Keys, apologizes. That two-star review is a mistake. I screwed up. I love your show and listen every day. Thank you very much. Glad we glad you touched faith. Glad we cleared that out. Glad we got the two-star off the books. Uh, all is good. Tito Bandito. Kyle, I love the show. My question is why we haven't heard much chatter about the Dolphins signing Kenny Galladay. Dude is a monster and in the prime of his career. I only hear about Allen Robinson and Will Fuller. Truthfully, I think Will Fuller would be a bad choice of free agent signings due to injury history and now PEDs. Would love to see either Robinson or Galladay on this team next year. So Kenny Galladay is a tough one for me uh, because Kenny Galladay is effectively a big slot, and he's a big slot who does not separate. So he's one of these guys who, much like Devontae Parker, you throw it up, you let him go and get it, he attacks the ball in the air, and like if we're gonna work with Tua Tonga-Valoa, then that's not really Tua's game right now. And that's not to say he can't get there. But like, are you really gonna pay Kenny Galladay 18, 16, 18 million dollars a year and hope that Tua figures it out? I don't know if that would be my my best choice of of using funds because if you bring in guys that continue to not win in the ways that Tua is, is would prefer to see them win if he's gonna play with the utmost confidence and best of his ability then I don't want to go that direction. And that's not to say the two is doomed to fail, and that's not to say that Kenny Galladay wouldn't work in in Miami, but I just look at it on the surface level, and it's a tough sell for me because he's going to be really expensive. It'd be a different story if like he was in that Curtis Samuel range, uh, which is probably 10 mil per. Uh, But Kenny Galladay, because he, as you said, is a a monster at the catch point, he is going to get a lot of money. And I wouldn't want my high-priced signing. To not have good chemistry, and it, it's hard to project that even before you take into account their style of play versus Tua and how he sees the game. Blood axe ninety nine one stop fin shop. Uh, Kyle brings analysis here in a daily thirty minute podcast. Tells it like he sees it. Thank you for the review. Uh, Power of the pod question. Chrisker has shown fiscal responsibility when it comes to resource management, trading significant draft assets that could be used for team building. Seems face up irresponsible to acquire Deshaun Watson. The alternative is to pay overpay for free agents. How is this a win with so many other offensive needs that must be addressed? Uh, Bloodaxe, I'm assuming you're asking specifically about Deshaun and and how that would be a win for Miami. Um, I'll say this for the cap. You know, I don't I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole here. Um, but the cap projecting, think we think we're looking, you know, was one seventy five is the floor, and then it was one eighty five, and now it's one eighty, and now it's one eighty one, and like it's going to be around one hundred eighty million dollars. It's going to be the salary cap this year. Uh, so the Dolphins have plenty to spend. What Chris has been able to do is not just be fiscally responsible with resource management, aka draft assets. The Dolphins are in a whole new world as far as their cap management as well. They're signing smart deals that do not box them in. So if the Dolphins were to choose to make any groundbreaking splash that involves bringing in a marquee name, and it involves giving up a lot of draft capital to do so, the Dolphins, they then of course have to thread the needle with their remaining assets in the draft, and their remaining cap to hit at a higher percentage than what law of averages would indicate would be probable to really accelerate and get this thing to flip overnight. Uh, But the dolphins have enough resources in my eyes personally, that they can make any kind of deal. They to quote Chris Greer, we can do anything we want. I think they can do anything they want and not totally mortgage the future uh, in doing so Uh, from both a draft assets and a cap perspective. Uh, because the way they structured the Xavier Howard contract, the way they structured the Eric Flowers contract, the way they structured all of these deals, they, the players get their guaranteed money, but the Dolphins can then turn around and say, okay, you know, we are going to part ways with you, we're going to trade you, and whoever brings you on next is going to get your guaranteed salary. Or we're going to give you a roster bonus, and if we decide we want to go a different way, We're going to cut you before you do your roster bonus so we can save that guaranteed money from being a dead cap hit for us. Dead cap is the number one suck on what the Dolphins have been able to do in the last two years, and their books are finally clear. And if they make some big splash and they send some players away, yes, there's going to be dead cap involved. But this is still the lingering byproduct of how bad the contracts were that were given out in the Mike Tannenbaum era of the Miami Dolphins. This is the price you pay, and this is what people say, you know, all the caps fake, you know, it's Monopoly money, it's not real, you can do whatever you want, you can manipulate it. Sure, you can manipulate it, but at some point you're going to have to pay the Piper. And the Dolphins, entering 2019, decided it's time to clear the books and pay the Piper. So you look at, L.A. Rams are a great example, right? The LA Rams, their top six players under contract, plus their dead cap commitments from Todd Gurley and Jared Goff, who were two contract extensions that were given out, that like those players never even played a snap on the extensions. They were still playing on their original deals before they parted ways with both of those players and gave them like nine-figure contract extensions. The Rams have six players under contract, and the cap hits from Todd Gurley, who played for the Falcons for all of last year because they parted with him last offseason, and he still due like $8 million in dead cap. And Jared Goff, who they just traded to Detroit, the Rams have six players on the books, plus two players in dead cap, and it accounts for $140 million of cap space. Think about that. Six players... You have to field a 53-man roster, so you need an, another 47 players. And you're paying like $30 million of that cap space to players who aren't playing on your team anymore. That's what cripples the team. But because of the way the Dolphins have structured these contracts, they have outs that are built in so they can be as aggressive as they want to be if they choose it is the right decision for them. And it's not going to cripple the cap, which then in turn allows them to bring other players in And as long as you structure those deals responsibly, and you might not get the biggest fish out there, like you're not going to get Allen Robinson if you try and finagle with his guarantees a little bit. He's going to want a big signing bonus. He's going to want it up front. He has every right to it. But even then the Dolphins could say, okay, we'll give you a big big roster bonus this year so you still get your guaranteed money up front. There's ways to do it. Uh, But the Dolphins old way of doing business, which was give you big contract and then 12 months come back and ask you to restructure because we have no cap space. (laughs) That's what Handicaps the team. Much more so, in my opinion, than anything that that you're asking here. Gronk doesn't have the angle. Five-star review. At the beginning of the year, you were very high on Jalen Waddell. Why do you like him over Jamar Chase? Uh, Jalen Waddell, for me, moves the needle the most because he wins in quick game. He wins vertically. He is... Way faster than all the other top receiver prospects, as far as like blink and miss it, he's probably going to run in the four twos, uh, but he's still a dense build, and of course he had the leg injury this season. Uh, but I just look at the the trends of the way the league is going. I look at what the Dolphins were missing in explosive plays and getting the ball in somebody's hands quick and then being able to make some plays happen. Matt has showed you in checkdowns that he could do it, but like he was the only that guy that did it with any consistency throughout the year and I think he got like what, 9 catches this year. They just didn't use him because I don't they didn't trust him, whatever. So you got a, a receiver who would have chemistry with Tua Tagovailoa, who wins in quick game and wins vertically and he's the best athlete, the best explosive athlete of the wide receivers in this year's draft, and that, for me, really moves the needle. Last one, it's from Alex. It's a mock draft on iTunes Reviews. Kyle, here is my mock draft without traits. Wide receiver, Devonta Smith, first round. 18, Nick Bolton, linebacker, Missouri. Round 2, Kadarius Toney at 35. Javante Williams, running back, North Carolina, at 50. Round three, Josh Meyer, center from Ohio State. Round four, Brenton Cox, University of Florida. Round six, Leon O'Neill and Miller Forrestal. Round seven, Marco Wilson. What are your thoughts? I get the sense that my guy is a Florida fan. Tony, Cox, Marco Wilson. Uh, Brenton Cox went back to school is my understanding. So we'll need a new fourth round pick here, but uh, Devonta Smith, Kadarius Tony, those are two guys who win their reps early. They're two very dynamic route runners. Uh, I think that is the right direction for some of the receivers that we can go out and get as the Miami dolphins. Uh, Javante Williams, if he's there at 50, it's a dream. I'm not quite sold that he would be there. Uh, this running back class is a little lean. Uh, there are a bunch of bad teams that need backs. Uh, and then you also have the the gauntlet of like Pittsburgh and uh, the Jets in the first round to potentially draft whoever else is remaining. Like if you don't go Najee Harris, you could see Najee Harris and Travis Etienne come off the board in the first round. It's not out of the realm possibility. Buffalo, Loki need for a running back. Uh, and if that happens, say Pittsburgh takes Najee Harris and Buffalo takes Travis Etienne and the Jets at 33 take. Javante Williams. Now, what are you gonna do at running back? So that that's a tough one. But by and large, I like your receivers. I like the fit of Nick Bolton as a three-down linebacker. I like the fit of Josh Myers. Ohio State ran a ton of inside zone and split zone, and and Trey Sermon had a lot of success running those concepts down the stretch for Ohio State. And uh, Myers in the middle uh, was a really, really big part of why they had so much success running the football. So I think you're on the right track here uh, with with this mock. We'll make some tweaks. Make sure you leave your next one in the comments as well for next week's Power to the Pot. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're looking for your classic or daily driver, they have everything you need from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lights, motor oil, and even new carpet. And in just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, Prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do it yourselfers So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all of your auto parts needs. Write Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Time for some Twitter questions to bring us home. You guys brought it in the iTunes reviews this week. Uh, Stonks, Lefty Marino, pineapple on your pizza? Yes or no? This obviously is very pertinent because it Tua's is Grubhub, uh, commercial that that aired during uh, this past week for the Super Bowl. Not super high on the, the commercial making fun of the Dolphins missing the playoffs, especially at the the expense of Cole Beasley, uh, Buffalo Bills wide receiver. What's up with that? As far as pineapple on my pizza, though, yeah, I'll, I I would have wine pizza. You know, ham and pineapple. I Here's, by and large, I am a garbage disposal. I'm going to be completely transparent. You put something in front of me, I'm probably going to eat it, including pineapple and pizza. I get why people are not uh, enamored with it. Evan wants to know which coaching staff was better, 2019 or 2020. Uh, tough to say for sure because the 2020 staff had so much more talent to work with, but I will say this. Uh, the 2020 team, in my opinion, went through more adversity. You had the quarterback situation. You had COVID. You had the coaching staff get COVID ahead of the Arizona game. You had injuries. Uh, I know the 2019 team had injuries, but the 2019 team had no talent to begin with. I think the coaching job done by the 2020 staff was was better. Of uh, Vagard. Just for fun, what's the better combination of defenders to land in the draft? Zavin Collins and Richie Grant, or Carlos Bassum Jr. and Nick Bolton? So Zavin Collins, hybrid linebacker from... Uh, Tulsa, he's effectively 260-pound Kyle Van Noy, And Richie Grant, free safety from Central Florida. Or Carlos Basham, uh, hybrid defender from Wake Forest, and Nick Bolton, linebacker from Missouri. Give me Zaven Collins and Richie Grant. Uh, I think those are two top 60 players. Uh, Carlos Basham and Nick Bolton, also two top 60 players, but uh, I, I think you get more out of getting Richie Grant As a safety, if the Dolphins are going to make some financial decisions in the safety room, give me that duo. Uh, Leighton wants to know what some options are that the Dolphins can pursue for their backup quarterback uh, that I would like to see them take. Leighton, that's a whole show, man. Come on. I'm not going to give away a whole show concept on two minutes of rapid fire power to the pod. Uh, Carlos, what's more likely to happen? Miami's young offensive line can be productive in the run game or Miami brings in a talented running back and can mask the offensive line deficiency in the run game. Can I say both? Because I think you'll get both. Uh, I think you'll have improvement from the line. But I also think an improved running back, uh, all these pieces will fit together a little bit better and they will complement each other a little bit better. Uh, David wants to know why so many people seem to forget about North Dallas 40 when they're talking about football movies. David, I am going to shame you, and I am so sorry. I've never seen North Dallas 40, so I'm going to have to put that on my list for the offseason and circle back to it. Here's Everett asking about Robert Hunt's long-term prospects at right tackle. We talked about that a little earlier on the show. Uh, The 7th Sense, you mentioned the defense is a couple key pieces away from being a championship-caliber defense. Realistically, who is gone and who do you replace them with to make that happen? Uh, Nick Needham, for me, is going to get moved into a depth role. Uh, Whoever the other linebacker is opposite, Jerome Baker, is going to get moved into a, a depth role and special teams role. I want new starters there. I want an impact linebacker on the second level for all three downs. I want a corner in the slot who I feel is more consistent and has less mental errors than what Nick Neenham does. I want a better athlete in the nickel as well. Uh, you could make the case uh, for Eric Rowe or, or Bobby McCain, one of those two stepping out if the Dolphins want to transition and get younger. I think they're okay there. I don't think they're in bad shape at safety. I wouldn't necessarily force any changes there. And then up front, I think Emmanuel Agba is a long-term piece. Uh, Devon Gottschow, I'm not going to bother to re-sign. Me, personally, that's my opinion. I think you can get the level of production. Uh, Zach Sealer came in and got more sacks and one less tackle for loss in 2020, uh, starting eight games than what Devon Gottschow gave you in 52 games. I'm personally not interested in bringing Devon Gottschow back. I think you can get that player in a lot of places. Um. And then I need another edge guy. I don't necessarily know if I'm bumping somebody off, uh, but I need I need a, a star pass rusher uh, who can win in, in one-on-ones. Here's one from Kyle the Commish. Nice name, Kyle. Does Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, linebacker slash safety slash defensive weapon, whatever you want to call him from Notre Dame, does he fit our current defense? Bobby McCain might be out, and we probably want to upgrade free safety. Could Owusu-Koromoa fill that role? Uh, I don't think he's a free safety, no. Uh, he played linebacker, he played at around 220, 215 pounds. He's probably more of the Brandon Jones type, so then the question is, okay, can Brandon Jones fit at free safety? I, th- I do think there is a role in this defense for this kind of player, uh, but I think Brandon Jones is probably already in it, uh, and I know the Dolphins staff likes Brandon Jones. I wouldn't draft him to play exclusively linebacker, especially for what the Dolphins need uh, at linebacker. I don't think he's a great fit. Uh, Brian, more likely to draft a bust. Tua, Austin Jackson, or Noah Igbenogany? I believe in all three of these players, but there is a fair amount of skepticism regarding all three. However, Tua is about to ball out next season. All caps. I think Austin Jackson is probably your highest bust potential, personally, uh, because he's got all the athletic tools, and offensive lineman specifically get drafted for having the uncoachables, right? Uh, but the light bulb's got to be able to go on and Austin, I understand he had the, the blood trans uh, bone marrow transfusion uh, before his final his junior season at USC. Uh, I understand you know he wasn't at 100% coming in, but his issues like even when he wasn't at 100% athleticism wise, his issues have always been technique. And as you see with some guys like in Eric Flowers, this a great example, there are guys that just the light bulb does not come on from a fundamentals perspective. And that's what my worry is with Austin Jackson. He's got everything you would possibly put into drawing up uh, a left tackle in the NFL. But if the technique and the fundamentals and the instincts don't click, uh, that is a very easy bust potential. So I would peg Austin Jackson as the most likely bust potential. I think knowing Benogati, you factor in his youth, his inexperience at corner, Uh, I think he's going to be fine. We got a couple more here. Uh, Let's see. Kevin, is Kyle Pitts a top five player in this draft? I think Kyle Pitts is one of the top five most physically talented players in the draft. I'm starting to warm on him being an option for Miami. Um, Especially in a trade down scenario. You know, if you you don't want to pick at three, you want to try and get an extra one for next year and cash, quote unquote, cash out and kick some of that investment down the road. Uh, Kyle Pitts... Uh, he is more of a wide receiver than anything, m- not unlike Mike Gisecki, Uh but I think you can have them both on the field at the same time, and I think you can have them doing different things. Uh, Mike is much more of a linear, straight-line athlete. Kyle Pitts is much more fluid, uh, and that's what separates him, and that's what makes him one of the top five most physically talented players in the draft. I wouldn't take him off the table. Uh, I, I wouldn't be crazy about a, a tight-end hybrid, but the more you watch him, the more it's apparent he's he's effectively a wide receiver. Just a big wide receiver. Sam, Kyle, your choice as GM, only one of these two Bama boys, either Slim, Reaper, or Quadzilla. Of course, he's talking about Devontae Smith or Najee Harris. Uh, I'm going to go with the wide receiver just on the principle of running backs and, and the alternative choices there at that position are easier to find. And uh, I know there's some questions about Devontae Smith with his weight and his frame and his functional strength. And, and Najee Harris is one of my favorite prospects in the draft, so it really hurts me to pick not Najee Harris. Uh, but if I'm going to stay true to like the economics of the positions, uh, then I can't pick the running back. Jesse, with a great question that is also going to be show topic. I can't, I cannot do this one, and it, it'd be a 30-second answer. You have three moves to set up the offense for long-term success. One trade, one free agent, and one draft pick. Go. Hit subscribe for tomorrow's show, because we're going to talk about that one tomorrow. I like that one a lot. Last one for the day. It comes from Carlos Jimenez. How much did you have to pay Joe Marino to run out on the field at the Super Bowl like that? Uh, Gentlemen never kisses and tells. That's what I'll say. So, thank you for tuning in to Locked On Dolphins. Another power to the pod in the books. Another 35 minutes of jam packed Miami Dolphins content. I don't care that it's the off season, it's always football season. There's always things to talk about, as each and every one of you just proved with all of the questions, including the ones that I did not get to. If I did not get to your question, Make sure you swing it over Dolphins Wire. I take some of these and do written content with them as well because I know if if you're thinking it, odds are a bunch of Dolphins fans are thinking it. And I want to give you guys as much Dolphins content as I possibly can. Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks as always for listening to Locked On Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here all week long, all off season long. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.